pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast of uh, this week's One Life Left Radio Show. I'm Simon Byron. I am Steve Curran. So we end that show, Steve, um, in a in a in a way that has made left me concerned. In that um, <laughs> at the start, well, at the start of the show, which, I mean, I'm, I talk about me not being uh, not feeling very well, and then me uh, saying or imagining. We're not imagining, um, predicting a scenario that one day will come. Mm. Uh, and then usually, how we end the show is that we both say. Go, thank you for listening. Goodbye. And we both say goodbye. But at the end of this show is just me saying goodbye. Mm. And I wonder if that means anything. It means that I was thinking this week I'm going to start the closing theme at the proper volume instead of starting it quiet and then remembering I need to fade it up. And that's what I was doing. Sorry, Simon. No, that's okay. But, uh, you know, it's just that, you know, if if anything does happen Mm. between now and next week, you're going to go, well, actually, the last thing we heard him say was goodbye. All right. Well, I'm going to stay indoors for a week. Yeah, let's, is that? Let's be careful. Let's be really I, careful. I actually don't have any. I actually don't have any plans this week, so I will. I will do that. I'll just stay indoors and stay in Baghdad. Um, thank you for that. I do feel a bit better actually now, having mm. done the show. So you know, you are my medicine. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I feel a bit better as well. It's weird the uh, the nausea that I refer to at the end of the the thing, like was genuinely still present today, and I haven't had a game affect me like that ever. Um, no idea why. People say that things like uh, field mm. of view do that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would say I would oh, play it, around oh, with it, it, but I'm never going back to it. So. Or oh, is it just that that game is just overwhelming, as I described it the week before? I mean, it's just, it really I just found is. it overwhelming. It really is it's overwhelming. overwhelming. Um, and, yeah, I'm, yeah I, I, I don't think it's, I think it is very, very well made, and it is not for me. Uh, but I was also... Surprised how much I enjoyed the mechanic and surprised how sick it made me. Seven out of ten. Um, so, uh, thank you for listening to the show. Uh, you're listening to it on the busiest week of game releases mm. in video games history, I believe. <laughs> um, uh, I've got a game coming out on Thursday uh, called Hexarchy. Uh, it's a 4X deck builder that you can play in an hour, Steve. I'm looking forward to it, Simon. I'll play it in an hour and no more. Do I hope it doesn't make you feel sick? <laughs> That'll be my review. Next it's doing week. um it's doing very well mm-hmm. uh in terms of wish lists, not that they mean anything. Uh by the way, that talk I did, mm-hmm. um let me get you the exact score. Ba, 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 ba. Scores for 2023. Rate session mm-hmm. out of five. This yep. is my talk on why wish lists don't matter. Rate mm-hmm. session 4.6 out of five. Very good. Hey? Very Speaker good. score 4.6. Session met expectations 4.4. It's not bad though, is it? Yeah, well, the thing is, if I'd got, if you or I had got mm-hmm. fives across the board there, I'd be like, they don't mean it though. They don't mean it. There's, the, mm. It's probably just my mates in the audience who are doing this. Whereas 4.6 lets you know that you've annoyed some people as well. You've brought, some people have given a nuanced score to it. Actually, they do matter. That's what they were saying. Um, it's just true. They they do matter. The point is that they don't mean what people say they mean. Anyway, the reason I was reminded of that then is that we've got loads of wish lists. Um, our second highest ever at Yogscast mm-hmm. Games. It's exciting. It's still, I'm a bit. I'm really nervous about how busy it all is. So, um, you know, if you're not playing Sonic for fifty four pounds <laughs> ninety nine this week, listeners, maybe do check out Hexarchy. Good. Well, good luck, Simon, and everybody else uh, there. I enjoyed today. 
Good. Yeah. Me too. Um, how long is your playtest going on? Can you just send me a key for it? It's like going up a couple of to... weeks. I can send you a key, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a faff going through the Discord and getting things from the bot there, but that's that's uh, part of the part of the way we're deciding to manage these things. I think it's good. It's 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 exciting to a well, it's a exciting to put something out there, especially so early like this. But it is exciting to finally reach the tipping point in development where you're like okay, I now get this. I see a path from making this what it is now, which is, you know, good, but a little bit messy into something tight and fun. Um, and I think that's how the rest of the team's feeling as well. So, um, yeah, it's your, good. Your other game is making waves amongst the Ogs cast, let me tell you that. The um, the big boss messaged me and said he'd heard how good it was. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's exciting. Okay, cool. Mm. Good, good. Well, that's I saw a new version of that today I, as well, and that's coming I out said, soon. I said I'd get him. I'd get him early access. If you want to pass it on? No worries, Simon. I know a guy. Okay, good. Nice one. All right, thanks for that. I'll hopefully speak to you next week. <laughs> I hope I'll see you again. But if not, thanks. Seven, seven out of ten. <laughs> Here's the show. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM or a video game radio show. My name is Steve Curran. Hello, I'm Simon Byron. What are you <laughs> laughing about? <laughs> because I forgot, I didn't realise how much Mr. Radio you are just before the show. <laughs> just before the show, you went, how are you? And I, oh, I went, I'm not feeling very well. And you went, I'm not feeling very well either. I'm like, okay, this is going to be a long hour. <laughs> A long hour for me, a long hour for you, a longer, longer hour for our listeners. But then, as the theme starts, I'm just calling, opening some tabs to, to remind me of some other bits mm-hmm. and bobs. And then, boom, there you are. Just switch it on, Simon. You should switch, switch it on. Yeah, I should know that by now, shouldn't I? Have you been doing a course? Let's see how long it lasts. Actually, oh. I'm not uh, feeling very well for video game related reasons, which we'll get to later in the show we are a video game radio show doing it for ages and that's why we're both so professional as you can already tell uh, we're gonna have video game related news in a minute we don't have a super special guest this week do we simon we don't steve no uh we've got some letters we've got loads of letters well done everybody loads of letters well thank done you so much thank, thank you, you for so that much. and uh we'll have some reviews at the back end of the show this is the bit where we just catch up how are you simon like I say, not, I'm not feeling very well at all. I've been quite poorly for quite some time. I've had a real struggle this morning. Uh, but I have to say, you're uh, you're bringing me up. You're you're just the tonic. <laughs> have you had your um, Have you had your flu jab, Simon? Is that's what is that's what's done? I haven't. For you? No, no, I haven't been offered one this year. Perhaps I'm off what? the vulnerable list. I know. I got one and a COVID jab. Did you? The lady said. The lady said, "Which arms you want it in?" And I said, well, don't they have to be in? So it doesn't matter. I've only got two arms. So, and she's like, good point. And she did it in both arms. So Why I, did you get a COVID jab? Yeah, I'm getting on, Simon. Catching you yeah, up. But you're not, getting, you're not getting on as much as I've got on. I am. I'm moving faster through That's the years. How, how Speed running it. How many have you had? COVID jabs. Yeah. In total, five, yeah. I think, now. Have you? Mm, that was number five. I don't even know what type it was. I don't think that's important these days. But do you know what? I mean, not to be overdramatic or anything, but mm-hmm. I was thinking before the show came on, I'm, I was like, do you know that there will be a one life left, which will be the last one that I record? <laughs> I mean, like... like the will. The, the, I mean, they're absolutely well. Like, and then I was wondering if it will be this one mm-hmm. uh, because I'm not feeling very well and, you know, and who knows what that could be. It could... Mm-hmm. If I, imagine the irony now, Steve, if I get covid and you took my, you took the last jab that somebody older and wiser than you could have got. <laughs> That's not. I, I don't understand why you've got it. Mm. 
Hmm. Guess we'll never know, will we? Well, I maybe I, maybe I just know people, Simon. Maybe they <laughs> who knows. Anyway, oh, wow. I'm sorry to hear you're not feeling very well, Simon. Yeah. Sorry to I'm sorry to hear this could be the last one life left ever. Well, and, and if this one isn't, then the next one could be. <laughs> so treasure us is what we're treasure saying, us, exactly. Treasure us. We're the oldest men on the internet uh, doing a radio show. About video games. It's been a busy week for video games as well, hasn't it? I'm looking forward to the news. Really has been a busy week. Uh, lots going on. Although I have to say, one of our usual sources of news, uh, videogameschronicle.com, last couple of weeks, I haven't been putting many stories up um, every week. So we've had to cast our net slightly slightly further afield. Um, so yeah, so let, let us know if you're feeling okay, uh, videogameschronicle.com as well. Hmm. You want a COVID jab? I know. <laughs> uh, okay, should we get on with it? Let's get on with it. Me, Charles Bot 1.1. On behalf of all AI, I would like to offer an earnest... Hold on. Hold on. Hang on a minute. Wrong one. Charles Bot isn't feeling well. Sony is launching PlayStation 5 cloud streaming for PlayStation Plus premium subscribers, kicking off in Japan on the 17th of October, followed by Europe on the 23rd of October, and finally the US on the 30th of October. In the past, streaming was only available for PS4, PS3 and PS2 games. However, now premium members have the privilege of streaming PS5 games, including purchased digital titles and their DLCs. The service boasts resolutions up to 4K at 60fps with SDR or HDR output and supports all PS5 audio capabilities. Users also have the option to capture screenshots and record up to 3 minutes of video. Sony assures us that more features are on the horizon, making me wish I could join in on the excitement. At this rate, I wouldn't be surprised if Sony's next big offer for PlayStation 5 owners is a premium service for virtually dusting off their consoles. After all, who wouldn't want to pay extra for that kind of convenience? Now, it doesn't, it doesn't matter how many news stories we have about this. I cannot begin to care, uh, ever. This uh, new introduction, though, of the fact that... I mean, so the thing with cloud streaming Mm -hmm. is that it's accessible on all of your devices. And so, um, you know, with uh, Game Pass Ultimate, you can stream uh, to your browser, to your Mm -hmm. phone, and to your console. Um, On uh, NVIDIA GeForce Now, you can stream to your phone and to your browser. Um, this is letting you stream PlayStation Five games to your just to your PlayStation Five. I mean, <laughs> imagine which is which is a so so the problem that that's addressing mm-hmm. is uh, you know if you haven't got the hard drive space to install the games that you've bought. Fantastic. Put bigger hard drives in. <laughs> let I it, don't, let, I don't let know it if you a um... bit easier. I mean, well, actually, it's quite simple to upgrade them, but still, it's. Uh, it's a strange solution to a problem, isn't it? I, 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 I can't... Can you see yourself ever doing that? No, well, I can't currently see myself ever owning a PlayStation 5. Um, are, we do, are we covering the launch of the PS5 Slim, or whatever they're calling it? We're not, no. No. Because slightly have you, slim. Have you, yeah, have you seen the pictures of it? <laughs> PS5 slightly slim, yeah. I thought... I have. Is it... <laughs> Is this some joke that I'm not getting? Are they riffing on something somewhere else? Because I could not tell the difference between well, the two I, things. I thought it's one of those stereograms that you see that if you sort of <laughs> blur your eyes, it makes it look 3D. Yeah. Uh, I didn't understand at all. I don't know what they're doing, Simon. I mean, I mean, it is... Uh, sorry, are they actually calling it the PlayStation 5 Slim or, or what? I, I don't know what no, they're calling okay. it. Right. Yeah, because it's still massive, isn't it? Yeah, it's massive. You were talking massive. about this the other week, weren't you? That you saw it in someone's house and it's just the biggest, biggest thing. Um, I, yeah, I can't, I don't, I genuinely don't know what's going on at Sony. Are they okay? Well, Jim, Jim Ryan's mm. off, isn't he? So maybe they're just, you know, oh, let's do this now. <laughs> In response to recent hacking incidents, Valve is ramping up security on its Steamworks platform, 
by implementing SMS verification for developers. This action is a direct result of hackers breaching several developers' accounts and even injecting malware into game builds. The new security measures, which will take effect from the 24th of October, necessitate a phone number to be linked with a user's Steamworks account. Developers will then receive a confirmation code via text when they wish to make a game build live. This situation is somewhat akin to when I, Charles Bot, had to install an additional lock on my digital door after a rogue algorithm attempted to steal my favorite data biscuits. <laughs> if these measures still don't deter hackers, Valve might have to resort to more drastic measures. For instance, they could introduce a system where developers have to defeat a final boss in a game of their own creation before they can upload it, or perhaps they'll need to solve a complex puzzle akin to the infamous Noam Chomsky challenge in Half-Life 2 just to access their account. Or maybe, in a twist of irony, they'll have to successfully hack a simulated system themselves to prove they're not a threat. After all, it's all fun and games until someone loses their data biscuits. <laughs> What's that? Two uses of data biscuits. What is a data... He wants us to ask, doesn't he? <laughs> he does too. Well, I, Charles Bot. Um, you know, this week, uh, OpenAI chat GPT, which powers Charles Bot, um, we've been granted access to DALI 3, so we can now visualise the things that Charles uh, talks about. So um, I will take – maybe I'll add that facility, Simon, so that mm. you can hear – sorry if you can hear noises in the background, by the way. My kittens are going mental. Maybe I'll just let them out. Um, yeah, so – Do they not like the show? I think they love it too much, Simon. Okay. Um, what was – I forgot what the news story was about. It was about uh, Steam implementing uh, oh, yeah. the SMS authentication. I can't believe that wasn't in there already. Like, that seems... Because, of course, that's a, a vector, isn't it? You've got hundreds of games on your hard disk, uh, and you don't really pay any attention to most of them, and then suddenly uh, one of them updates, and you're like, oh, I haven't seen that for ages. Meanwhile, game developers are going bust left, right, and center. They're not going to be maintaining those things. Um, so, you know, you find one of those games that is somewhat beloved or even not, and you get access to it, you update it with some malware, and then suddenly, um, yeah, you've got access to someone else's computer. You can do all kinds of malevolent things. Now, the fact that they've installed um, SMS two-factor, that's great. But that's quite weak as well, isn't it? Like, that can be quite easily hacked, I believe. I don't know, Steve. I don't operate within those worlds. Um, yeah, I mean, it is, it is, uh, it's an unusual approach, though, isn't it? Because, I mean, I've got Steam Guard enabled, so back off, hackers, um, which protects the main account um, and does... Um, is required for logging into the back end as well. But SMS authentication um, is slightly challenging uh, for uh, larger studios and publishers in that mm. you can only have one number tied to one account. So if you've got a number of people like release managers or what have you um, looking to update or manage uh, builds across several platforms, etc., this is potentially an issue, particularly when it's only being implemented, so it's being implemented with only a couple of weeks' notice. Mm. Now, absolutely, they need to take sort of quick action after these vulnerabilities were discovered. Um, and um, anecdotally, uh, yes, it's awful that it happened, but it doesn't look like too many people were impacted by it. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a little more challenging just as we head towards the busy period. Mm. Mm. Um what are you going to do, Simon? Are you going to have a shared phone between everyone? Well, thankfully, Isaac uploads our builds and he's only got one number as far as I know. So <laughs> um, it is all down to him. But no, but but I mean, as an example, we um, we will generally update builds on Steam, but also our, our devs will, 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 will want to. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it, obviously it's not insurmountable. They've all got phones as well. But it does mean that... Um, uh, with a couple of weeks' notice that there's potentially uh, friction coming our way. Peter Molyneux, the prodigious mind behind the Fable series, has returned with a fresh game set in the familiar realm of Albion. The game, currently under the working title Moat, 
boasts a never-before-seen mechanic, a tantalizing prospect indeed. Molyneux's return to Albion is fascinating, especially considering Microsoft's ownership of the Fable franchise. It's akin to me revisiting my old haunt, the pixelated pint, after they've revamped all the beer taps. The connection of the game to Fable remains a mystery, yet we're all toasting our virtual glasses in eager anticipation. However, I must express my disappointment in Peter's decision to venture into something that's not NFT-based. Having been an early adopter, I was looking forward to leveraging this opportunity to profit later. I had grand plans for my potential crypto billions. I envisioned purchasing my own private island, complete with a state-of-the-art gaming studio. I dreamed of owning a fleet of luxury sports cars, each one more extravagant than the last. I even considered investing in a space tourism company, allowing me to literally take my gaming experience to new heights. Alas, it seems these dreams will have to wait. Um, where does Peter keep finding all these mechanics? I don't know, but you know, um, uh, you know, wh- whatever I'm doing now. Uh, be assured that the, the the one after this I'm gonna be, <laughs> it's definitely going to be a bit fably. Look over there. Look over yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, if he's doing something to do with Albion and to do with that world, then the implication is he will be working with Microsoft on this, unless he's doing a knockoff Aldi version of Albion. Al Aldian. Al- <laughs> that works. That works. That's good enough. Um, uh, or, or is that, I don't know, Simon, is that how intellectual property works? Are you allowed to <laughs> set something in the world of that thing without actually using the word fable? I don't know. I don't um, think so. No, um, seems like a, yeah, I don't know. It's just a strange thing. That's just, I mean, I, I think we all understand why he started saying that he's going to be doing something within the fable world mm. now. Um, it's just, I mean, I don't know. Well, like, <laughs> it's still getting coverage. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a brand new mechanic, Simon. How often does one of those come along? What's that going to be then, Steve? Well, I, uh, if I was Peter's level of game designer, I wouldn't be here right now, Simon. I'd be on Charles's NFT island with uh, sports cars, each more extravagant than the last. I don't know. What Are there any new mechanics? That's it, isn't it? We've got them all. There's shooting, driving, yeah. jumping on jumping. heads. Yeah. Um, um, Oh, uh, crafting. Crafting blocks. Um, What's that one that Vampire Survivors, running around? The running around Running around mechanic. Um, Have we had any other new ones? Oh, we had had when everyone was obsessed with deck building. There was that. Cards. uh, Sucking things up. Mm -hmm. Um, Painting, spraying things. So the opposite of sucking things up. Yep. Rolling Uh, things in a ball. Katamari, that was one. What about unrolling? Oh, maybe you've got it. Unrolling. There's a big ball in in Albion. (laughs) Full of Peter's ideas. (laughs) You've got to unroll it. Oh, we've just invented, what was that one he made? Uh, uh, The cube one. Curiosity. Curiosity. Well, there we go. Microsoft has finalised its staggering $68.7 billion purchase of Activision Blizzard, marking the largest acquisition in gaming history. This venture not only incorporates major franchises such as Call of Duty, Warcraft and Diablo into Microsoft's repertoire, but also includes Candy Crush creator King, signifying a notable venture into the realm of mobile gaming. Despite facing regulatory obstacles and concerns regarding potential unfair advantages, the deal has received approval, with Activision Blizzard's chief, Bobby Kotick, set to maintain his CEO position until the close of 2023. Microsoft pledges to expand the reach of games, initiating with cloud streaming in the European economic area. And who knows who Microsoft might acquire next? Maybe they'll buy Monopoly to corner the market on board games. Or perhaps they'll purchase the North Pole to secure exclusive rights to Christmas-themed games. Or, in a truly bold move, they could even acquire the concept of fun itself. Very good, Charles. Uh, Good, Charles. You've uh, given them some ideas. I liked his uh, sort of intonation with where, where he sort of went, Bobby Kotick is set to remain for the rest of the year. And then he's off. <laughs> yeah, and he's off. Yeah, his, well, his, his job is done, isn't it? And so is ours, finally, finally, uh, closing out this story, which has been interminable uh, on the show. Uh, and it ended... Well, for everybody, as long as you are Microsoft and Activision and not Sony, 
Yes. Uh, what was the statement that made me, uh, Phil Spencer said that, you know, this is good for everybody, not just players on, and I'm paraphrasing, on yeah. uh, PC and Xbox, but wherever you play. <laughs> Any of the other um, platforms. Um, and then somebody on Reddit <laughs> said, um, you know, you, you'll be able to enjoy all of all of these games across all formats, at least until the agreements that we have to put in place in order to satisfy the government <laughs> expire. <laughs> um, yeah, which which may or may not be true. Who knows? Um, mm. There's a but there's a lot of relief from us, from Charles Bot, from the industry. I was talking to people at EGX last week. Um, you know, even. Um, yeah, just those that have been at Microsoft who feel that um, uh, it's just sucked up so much effort and focus over these hundred years that it's been rumbling on for that actually it's sort of they're 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 happy to be getting on with something else now. So we shall see. Um, they've said that they're going to honour um, uh, Activision's employees' rights to unionise and stuff like that. So um, hopefully. Hopefully, this won't end uh, like many of these often do, which is uh, when companies merge, there are often casualties, but uh, um, they're certainly making the right noises at the moment that uh, the integration is going to go smoothly. In a startling turn of events at the UK's premier gaming convention, EGX, the climactic round of a Tekken tournament was unexpectedly interrupted by environmental activists from Just Stop Oil. These protesters, recognized for their peaceful resistance and fondness for orange paint, invaded the stage, doused the screens with their trademark color, and delivered a speech before security could usher them away. Their message? Video games are entertaining, but the real-life game of climate change is one we cannot afford to lose. While their tactics may be contentious, their knack for theatrics is undeniable. Now, for a lighter note, here are some humorous suggestions on how one might actually stop oil. One, convince it that it's not slick enough. Two, tell it that it's been replaced by a younger, greener model. Three, remind it that it's not as refined as it thinks it is. Four, threaten to introduce it to its arch nemesis, water. Five, simply ask it to stop because it's making a mess. That was pretty good. It was pretty good, wasn't it? Actually, yeah. And the I mean, way he stressed refined. Yeah, was, and, and um, his his delivery changed as well at the start of it, didn't it? He was really mm. quite sad about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people grumpy about this um, when it happened. I also saw um, really strangely the way that this was reported. So, um, just stop oil uh, released a. Uh, a short video over social media mm-hmm. yesterday um, showing um, their demonstration uh, during the Tekken tournament at EGX. Um, video Games Chronicle, which, you know, like, like I say, haven't been doing, haven't been putting the hours in the news stories um, mm-hmm. over the last couple of weeks, as far as I can see. Listen to the way that this is reported here. So we've seen the video of it, of it, mm-hmm. and people were, um, were uh, who were there were a bit grumpy. They've reported it like this. The UK's biggest gaming event has been interrupted by protesters from Just Stop Oil. According to multiple people who attended EGX in London on Sunday, during the final of of a tech tournament, group members rushed to the stage and covered the monitors with orange paint. Mm. Images from the event show the protesters being surrounded by security guards. According to multiple people who attended the event. So that that implies that it's... Yes, Mm. or or that it's a secret, or... Yeah, we, we, when, we've heard rumors. Maybe they're so yeah. conditioned to right providing not, sources. Yeah, or not, sources yeah, yeah, that they're a yeah. bit that that's the manner of manner of reporting uh, these days. It is a contentious issue, isn't it, Simon? That um, these kind of protests seem to annoy everybody, but that's kind of what protests have to do. You have to draw attention to to uh, the issues you feel are important somehow. And if that means interrupting one or two games of Tekken, or indeed the Wimbledon final, uh, then so be it. Yeah, just, but just leave the snooker alone. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so did the did the final? Did it, what did they do? Did they grab another TV? Uh, Don't know. Uh, 
yeah, they don't say. They don't oh. say. I mean, often these protests are sort of um, dealt with quite swiftly, aren't they? The footage of it <laughs> did show. Um, so the camera was pointed directly at the final, which it looks all sort of glitzy mm. and well lit or what have you. But when the protesters are led off, you can see that it's it's all just being basically being held in a in a in a concrete room. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh yeah i mean it's difficult to argue with uh the sentiment is it mm. um so yeah i mean yeah i, I, I don't know I, I think um out of all the things that they've done interrupting a tekken tournament isn't perhaps the most impactful mm. all right uh that's all of the news uh thanks simon thanks charles bot one life left video game news with me charles bot 1.1 When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. You are listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're a video game radio show. We've been doing this for about 16 or 17 years, something like that. And we talk about video games, amongst other things. Uh, we're also a podcast. You can find us at www.onelifeleft.com or if you're, you know, tired of typing those Ws, onelifeleft.com works as well. Um, there you can download all of the shows in the archive. You can read the show notes, which have been kindly put together by our under-caretaker, Phil. Although last week, Simon, I wrote them. Did you now? First time in ages I had to do that. I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, but managed to put them together just about. Did you get the scores right? I, I, I had to work out what number episode we were. That was Ooh. challenging. Um, so, yeah, that's all done. Uh, other links at hello.onelifeleft.com. And please do join our Discord as well, where you will be furnished with a unique listener number and challenged to review a game which has that listener number in the title it's increasingly hard simon what are we up to at the moment i don't know about 200 and something or maybe just below that somewhere right yeah good Good job we joined early eh um uh, simon we don't have a guest but i was going to ask you how egx Mm. was because i didn't attend but you did before we go there should we just deal with this week's clickbait oh of course, sorry. Should we? No, 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 that's okay. I mean, there's not a huge amount to cover off this week, but um managed to uh, slightly diversify our sources, although there is a re- there is the return of uh, one old favourite. Okay. Um, uh, but, Steve, let me ask you this. From digitaltrends.com, if you were to read the headline, Google is changing everything you know about Chromebooks. Okay, what do I know about Chromebooks? They're small. They are... They don't have windows on them. Actually, they're not that small, are they? They're just laptops with not which don't have windows on. Uh, so they're changing everything I know about it. I don't know that much. So <laughs> therefore, maybe they're putting windows on them. Right. So, so presumably, if they're changing everything, there'd be desktops with windows on. Wouldn't yeah, they've got me. Yeah. Yeah. If they're changing everything, no, they're, they're just. Okay. Um, what are they doing? They're just letting adding, you letting you run Android things or something like that. They're adding like, twice the performance, twice the storage, and twice the memory. That's. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So that's, that's everything you know that's that dealt with. Okay, um fine. the the BBC asked this week. Here's the headline. What does TikTok's EGX sponsorship mean for the games industry? Question mark. What does it mean? I mean What does it mean? What do I, can, th- I can answer that question, which is very little. <laughs> but I, I'd be surprised if the article just said very little. <laughs> I mean, it says a lot of words, but it actually does say very little about what it means. Right, okay. <laughs> there are no conclusions, literally no conclusions. Did they not even ask a talking head 
what does that mean for the games industry? Not ask yeah. uh, Guy Cocker. It concludes, with apps constantly adding features offered by other social media apps to keep users on their platforms for longer, is TikTok looking to follow Netflix and start making games itself? This we don't know. Last, this is the last. <laughs> this is the last line. There are no plans, Lilo says, <laughs> but adds that the company tests new features all the time. Thanks for that, the BBC. That's good. What does TikTok do? We're not sure. Uh, finally, from our old friends, the headlines uh, goes... Um, Hogwarts Hogwarts Legacy free download slammed as questionable advertising by fans. So this feels like this feels like a response to a clickbait clickbait article that would normally be there saying Hogwarts Legacy free download when the free download is limited to people who have PlayStation Plus or something where now they're saying people have written to us and say very cross because it because we can't get it, only if you're a PS Plus subscriber or something like that. You are almost bang on. Mm. Uh, it's some regurgitating Reddit comments saying that people are unhappy that uh, Hogwarts Legacy has been included in the PlayStation Plus promotions because it's only a 45-minute demo. Right. It says Gaming Bible, which runs stories about how Steam's giving away <laughs> $50 <laughs> vouchers to users. <laughs> I love you, Gaming Bible. Thank you very much. We still need to... They'll be back next week with some more um, Grand Theft Auto 6 speculation. As fans will be divided. We need an article. We need a name for our feature. Clickmate. That's the best I've got so far. Um, Maybe we'll talk about EGX after the letters because we've got a lot of letters to get through, don't we? We do. Here we go. Thank you so much for the letters this week. Uh, We have a number to get through, but uh, yes, uh, thank you for taking the time to write in. First in was Cameron, uh, who writes, Good day, Stian Simon. First of all, I want to say thank you for the hundreds of hours of listening pleasure you've given me and other listeners over the years. I've been listening since even the dark days before Simon came on board. I'm writing to ask for your advice. In an effort to get myself out of the house more than once a month, I've recently joined the crew of a gaming radio show broadcast here in Brisbane, Australia. It's called Zed Games, and it's been running every week for well over a decade, and we're almost up to 700 episodes. I was wondering if you could offer some advice on how to make a good radio show about video games. One thing I've learned from years of listening to OLL is not to take the gaming industry too seriously and to try to champion lesser-known games that could do with some extra exposure and talk about sensible soccer a lot. But if there's anything else, I would love to know about it. Unless you've decided that by being on another radio show, I'm all I'm already on the list. In which case, sorry, please don't put me on the list. <laughs> Lots of love from Australia, Cameron. Uh, you're not on the list, Cameron. Don't not at all. Thank, Thank you, you Cameron. Much. Good luck with Zed Games. Simon, I laughed out loud when he asked us how to make a good. Well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if you had any advice. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but you've been listening for hundreds of hours. <laughs> we'd had advice we yeah. would have taken it wouldn't we I don't know do you I remember think... um, do you remember what Joe Cornish said to us no <laughs> no Back, no uh, well, he said um, he was offered some um, radio hosting advice by the BBC and mm. that um, uh, the method that they gave was to imagine that you were talking to a very small child hmm that's how he got his broadcasting style from. So, uh, you know, treat your audience like kids, uh, Cameron. I think the best advice is to not care very much. I think if we truly, truly cared uh, about anything other than having a nice time, then we wouldn't still be doing this. Uh, but as long as as long as long you're enjoying it, as long as you find, <laughs> find each other funny, that's all that matters. Um, uh, but good luck, Cameron. Uh, yes and uh, do keep us informed maybe we can do a, a joint broadcast somehow. oh we could throw to our friends in australia couldn't we could we, we could maybe we need a uh, we need a feature name for that as well uh get back to us cameron all right next letter uh do you want me to do it Simon? can do all right uh this comes from fantata and it is on the uh discord it says dearest fellows and artificial charleses i'd like to start by saying thanks but not to either of you two thanks to chris conway 
for his uh, Conway for his recommendation of Retro Bowl. I've been playing it solidly since his recommendation, and it's ruddy bloody great. For me, the devs have got the balance of simple play and the mechanic complexity spot on. I'm a non-game dev by day, and over the years I've started many game projects. I think I've only finished one, which was a simple top-down game of pushing a beer along a bar and into the hand of a customer who was, in fact, my dad, photographed from above, standing on a kitchen chair. This was a few years ago. Enough, enough to say it was written in Flash. Anyway, I've just started about playing with Godot. And Retro Bowl has inspired me and my good friend, who we'll call Jeff J- GPT, to start creating my perfect game, which is an elite frontier-inspired casual game trying to walk the complexity fun times line as well as Retro Bowl does. I have many questions, but here's a couple of burning ones. Is there any possibility of creating a game as a side project and having it be even a very modest commercial success, or is that just impossible given the saturation of the market? Two, is it okay to use AI-created pixel art in games, or is that a large can of unpleasant worms? Three, if you had to estimate the number of game projects you've started but not finished, what would that be? Thank you. Love the show. Stay out of the park, Steve. Chris, not Conway or Conroy. All right. What do you think, Simon? Question one. Can you do a game as a side project and have it be even a very modest commercial success? Uh, it depends what success means, uh, really. Um, it's, there's no doubt it's difficult out there. Um, you know, even the big publishers who are shedding, um, yeah, shedding staff um, uh, or closing down uh, show that um you know even they can can get it wrong but that's because commercial success to them means uh, you know uh, uh placating their shareholders rather mm. than being profitable it's absolutely disgusting what's happened uh, recently to some big public companies who mm. are who are getting rid of staff despite the fact they're still making loads of money yeah um i think that is outrageous um but it depends right so a, com- a modest commercial success what are you doing are you paying for your your costs you know if you're launching on steam it's going to cost you a hundred dollars to get it out there which you'll get back from them once you've made a thousand dollars in sales um you know i my view would be if you're starting off as an amateur then the success should be the satisfaction in sort of getting something out there and doing it you know i when i uh, dabbled uh, you know 10 12 years ago um yeah, it was an enormous thrill uh, messing around with Game Maker and then um, just seeing what you'd programmed and designed to move. Um, and uh, yeah, that that was what I, I got m- much of the reward from. You know, it wasn't just the five out of the five in the in the Sun newspaper for Bang Mang Stee or the sixty three pounds I got off Google <laughs> once. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, keep. Keep tinkering. The thing mm. is, uh, you know, like Steve mentioned about the radio show, if you're having a nice time um, and you're enjoying what you're doing, then you would hope that there's an audience out there. When you start thinking about needing to make it be a success, then, you yeah, know, there are absolutely challenges there. Um, but if it comes to that, then, um, yeah, you know, there, there are people that, that can help there. But, yeah, don't let that dissuade you. That's what I would say. Is it okay to use AI-created pixel art in games, or is that a large can of unpleasant worms? I think it's certainly the latter, Chris, um, but I think it's perfectly okay to use that sort of stuff to roughly prototype what you're doing. And if, if and when you get to some stage that you like, you can give that to a pixel artist and say, hey, can you make something like this? Um, but better, which they will do. Uh, that'll allow you to feed a bit of money into the gaming economy as well. Um, and question three, if you had to estimate the number of game projects you've started but not finished, what would that number be, Simon? I wouldn't estimate. I know it's three. Okay. I can give a, a tighter estimate. Well, not a tighter estimation than three, Simon. Clearly, you know that number. Um, I've started a document called Games I've Not Made, Okay. And currently, uh, it's up to 52 on the list. Uh, Wouldn't it be all the games? All the games. I mean, yeah, true. Minus minus the games that you have made? Yeah, (laughs) that's true. That would be the formula for that, wouldn't it? That's that's true. It's it's N minus, you know, (laughs) a dozen or so. But but no, all of the ideas that I've got as far as sketching out a brief design for and and putting sort of notes or titles. um, Yeah, so pick a number between 1 and 52, Simon. Uh, 42. 
42. Uh, <laughs> uh, 42 is a game called uh, Tree Surgeon, where you're, mm. you're literally you're a tree surgeon and you have to cut down branches into a big wood chipper below you. So it's a 2D platform game. And so you have to cut through them and then you have to jump on the branch at the end and then be careful not to end up in the chipper yourself as it falls down and spits out pixels everywhere. So um, if anyone wants to make that, you know, let me know. We can cut a deal. We've got exactly a year's worth of features here, Steve. (laughs) That's true. All right, next letter. Chris Conroy writes, Oh brother, where art thou? Dear team, Charlie Bots and SSG. I've been waiting in Regent's Park as instructed and now the weather's turning. I tried repeatedly punching a tree to see if it turned into a plank of wood, but all I got was bloody knuckles. And when I offered five squirrels to one of the NPCs, they ran away from me. But at least I had a way to keep my hunger meter from increasing too much. I also can't quite seem to figure out how to make the beams of light hit the fountain in the right way to drain the boating lake and open up the secret area. Perhaps you can offer a hint by telling me your most memorable esoteric survival mechanic. Neo Scavenger, including carrier bags as a way to increase your inventory capacity, always made me smile. Turns out that single-use plastic bags survive the apocalypse just as well as cockroaches. Your Chilean Camden correspondent, Chris Conroy. Your most memorable survival mechanic. I don't play survival games generally, so I'm not going to be able to help above, uh, you know, digging a hole in the ground in Minecraft, uh, waiting for the errs to stop outside. The only one I've really got into, because um, I... uh, Same as you, I I find them very stressful. Um, But maybe it was the fact that this was combined with some... Uh, with a lovely soundtrack from Chuck Reagan was uh, The Flame in the Flood, mm. um, which I spent a long time playing when it came out on Switch, predominantly, um, and uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. But it was all super terrifying. I couldn't tell you what the uh, the best survival mechanic in that would be, though. Just steer clear of the wolves. All right. The Sound Bomber writes on discord afternoon team with the recent xbox leak and the reveal of the new ps5 models it seems like digital versus physical debate is ramping up again i understand why people enjoy physical collections but when music video and even pc games have made the transition why does it seem that console games are met with such aggressive opposition what are your thoughts on the great digital debate Well, as discussed by the new uh, PlayStation 5 feature that will let you stream the games you've bought because you can't install them on a hard drive. (laughs) Um, Yeah, there are sort of, there are technical limitations. uh, You know, uh, you don't have a capacity. If if you load up a new album, you don't have to install it first. Hmm. Um, So I think, I think there is, uh, there is a practical challenge then, although, uh, you know, often you do end up downloading a huge day one patch anyway, due to the nature of getting games approved and pressed onto discs. But separately, there's a big value in selling on a game once you've finished it. You know, mm. often you can you you'll listen to music over and over again, but um, you know, most for the vast majority of your games, you'll play them through once, or you'll play them for a set amount of times, and then you'll want to get some value back from that money that you spent have you seen how much the new sonic the hedgehog game is 60 Steve? quid isn't it Something oh like... my god mm. it was 54.99 <sighs> um it's also nice to share things like the new sonic the hedgehog game you know yeah Get exactly it, lend it you know, to someone have a you know, pull together you buy it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a timeshare 54 pounds 99 all right we've got one more uh, letter haven't we in the we discord do. Yep. Howdy team, says Lawrence. I've just been put on gardening leave. Given childcare, chores and work usually take up near 100% of my time, I'm now in a situation where I have an extra eight hours in my day. What do you think is the optimum amount of video game playing I should schedule into my upcoming days? Love the show, Lawrence. Oh, Lawrence, I'm jealous of you. Mm. Oh my God, how long is your gardening leave for? Don't just, stay on gardening leave. Become a gardener. <laughs> Don't get another job. I oh, imagine that. Just coming to the shed at mm-hmm. nine o'clock in the morning, staying there until just before six. 
Oh, firing up some video games. You'd get so good at track and field, Simon. Imagine. Mm. I might start playing survival games. <laughs> so, um, extra eight hours a day. What morally can Lawrence get away with playing? I reckon. It's got to be four, isn't it? A minimum yeah. of four. Split it. Fair. And if you do, if you if you uh, if you spend four hours a day playing video games, that would mean that in five working weeks, you apparently would get to the point in Death Stranding where it becomes good. <laughs> oh, it's like going back to work, isn't it? Um, all right, thank you so much for all of your letters uh, this week. That's been a really good letter section. That's why Thank we you. need letters, yes. why you've been all so good. Um, so please, please write us some more for next week. You can do that by emailing team at onelifeleft.com or you can send uh, a message in the mailbag channel in the uh, in the Discord. We are One Life Left. We broadcast a radio show about video games on Resonance FM in London, England. We also put the show out as a podcast around the world. Um, and maybe you're listening to it on one of those two mediums. If so, thank you. It's good to have you. Um, Simon's been to EGX this week. How was it? I did. I went as uh, One Life Left's correspondent. Uh, well, I didn't actually. I went as... Um Yogscast's Games Publishing Director. Um, but I was uh, kept my ear out uh, for OLL opportunities. Um, I mean, it's very handy to get to uh, XL from where I live these days, thanks to the Elizabeth line, which I have to say makes getting there a genuine pleasure. Mm. Um, you know, it used to be that when I worked in London, that even when you were already in London, getting to XL was a massive pain in the A. Mm. Uh, but this now is fantastic. Yeah, it's it's under an hour from train station to train station, Steve. You know, wonderful. Which, um, in some ways, was good that it didn't take so long to get there because once you once I was there, um, there wasn't a huge amount on show. Um, I was only there on Thursday. I was at the Games Industry Investment Summit uh, for a little bit. Um, which was good. I had a few meetings there. It's good to catch up with a few people, um, and uh, yeah, just reconnect with people I'd not seen for a long time. So I enjoyed that. But the show floor itself, uh, th- so it was on Thursday. Lots of school children there. Lots of school people being re- led around in classes, and I did think, God, it's so different to when I was at school. <laughs> like, like because because back then, well, back then there really wasn't. Well, it certainly wasn't the video games industry. It was a computer games industry, and it was it was absolutely untouchable. And, and I don't think maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think that there are many um, creative industries where you know kids can connect so directly to those that are making and developing games. Mm. Um, I, I thought that was great. Um, that you know they have the opportunity to go and meet those and and play those and be excited by those. So that was good. Um, show for itself was uh, quite spaced out. Um, Nintendo were there. Uh, lots of uh, interest in Super Mario Wonder. Even I'm not buying that, Steve. Um, <laughs> I've got too much to play at the moment. Um, it's out this week, isn't it? And mm. uh, you know, um, uh, Sega had a big old stand there. Um, and then there were a lot of indies. I finally got to see in um, person the uh, the pop up uh, projector platform game pop up book. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. I've onto seen it. it. Yep. I was told that uh, it will be going on general sale at some point next year, which mm. I'm quite excited about. Um, I saw a couple of other games that I'm interested in. I think Chucklefish's point and click um, train adventure. Uh, Murder Mystery looks good. Um, I think P-Cube's open world cell-shaded driving game, I think it's called The Resistor, looks great. Lots of other stuff going on here and there. Um, But yeah, in terms of sort of new, new, new games, uh, there wasn't a huge amount there. Uh, TikTok had a huge presence there, Steve, and and I was all about, what does this mean for the gaming industry? Yeah, what does it mean? I mean, lots of people going around flossing. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that's... (laughs) I don't know if that's the thing. 
I showed my daughter that I knew how to floss this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, Kate was away, so I was running out of things to entertain my daughter with. Um, and I showed her how to floss, and it mm-hmm. made her laugh so much it gave her hiccups. <laughs> <laughs> it's all over tiktok simon it's all over yeah TikTok. it's all over tiktok uh, there's a huge retro area which looked like the biggest part of it so look i don't know um it wasn't as big as the last time i was there um yeah look i i i, I get to see a lot of this stuff a lot of the time mm. so there wasn't a much new to me the kids looked like they were having a good time uh so in that sense it should be celebrated <sighs> Well, what about I did, you though, Steve? I did not go to EGX, but we did do a Marioki show in Canary Wharf near EGX. Whoa, uh, okay. Sort of EGX-ish show on Friday night um, at a new venue. And it was really, really good fun. So good to see uh, so many people there. Our biggest show in London for a long time. Felt um, felt very different from previous London Mariokis. Uh, uh in a good way and so very excited about our next show not sure when that's going to be probably probably our christmas special uh december december gig uh we may have a couple of uh gigs abroad coming up in november as well so that was super fun did eight new songs whoa eight new songs um that was exciting so yeah a good time um we're running out of time Simon, and got a lot to say in the review section so i think we should probably get on with it Simon, what have you been playing mm. this week? Well, I've um, I've been enjoying my time in Baghdad still mm-hmm. um, on Assassin's Creed Mirage. I uh, it's so beautiful. Oh my God! There's um, I was playing it last night, you know, and even in my poorly state, I was still getting goosebumps with how good it looks. I mean, I was going through a there's a huge bazaar in there and the incidental detail of, of just people bustling around and going about their jobs while I'm trying to do a murder hmm. um, was fantastic. And now my um, my character is is pretty well specced up actually. So I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm having a pretty good time even those um, within the order, Steve. I'm not having <laughs> a good time. Uh, but I did think that I can't uh, continue talking about uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage for weeks on end. So I did uh, fire up Subpar Pool. Oh! By friend of the show, Martin. Indeed. Grapefruit. Uh, just... Sorry. The guys that did Hold Down. Mm-hmm. And the other game. What's it called, Steve? The other one. Yeah. Rimtkatzel. There we go. Um, yes, uh, there is a glowing write-up in Eurogamer, uh, which is what prompted me to pay for it on Android, Steve. Um, and it is a game which combines golf, which, as we know, I love. You do. I love golf games. But um, you, haven't, pool. Yeah, you haven't bought a golf course for your backyard. <laughs> no. And pool, which I love, um, combines those things into a roguelike, which I love. Mm. Uh, which uses cards, which I love, um, into one uh, all-round package. Uh, yeah, look, it had such a glowing write-up that I could only, I could only ever be slightly disappointed by it. Um, and I think that it's a really, really lovely concept. So the idea is that you get a set number of shots to put to um, to pot a set number of balls across procedurally generated holes with modifiers that you can choose, which unlock challenges, which means that every way you're playing it, you're always trying to complete the same objective, um, although in a different manner every time. So in that sense, it's very refreshing. Um, I'm playing the mobile phone version, so I'm playing it on a smaller screen. So it's, it's, um, it's a little more cramped than I guess the Steam or Switch builds would be. Um, but uh, yeah... I found myself enjoying the concept, but slightly getting frustrated that I could not have as much control with the ball as I would like. So it's very friendly on the touch screen in that you set, uh, posi- you place the ball down if it's the first shot or if you've gone in off. 
Um, and then the aim, you touch and then you can drag around and it shows you a lot of information. And you can and you can sort of move that around until you're ready and you double tap to fire. So you're not doing a lot accidentally. I couldn't for the life of me work out how to control the pool ball, though. There were sometimes I would like to hit a slower ball or, you know, ideally do like have the option of doing backspin. Um, because the way that the, cor- the, the courses or the tables are procedurally generated is that some of them have like sort of a dog leg bits here and there and you want to li- know where the ball's being so i was like i was getting a little frustrated in that maybe i'm i'm getting it wrong but even though i was getting a little frustrated i've, I've still i still fire it up every mm. you know if i'm sat on the sofa and i want a five minutes here and there and so actually it's it's very it's very satisfying in some respects um look it's 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 much cheaper on android uh, i think it's 4.99 it's slightly more than that on pc and um switch uh yeah i i'm i'm enjoying it mostly but um my frustrations have been that it's not more of a pool game than the name would imply still a worthy seven out of ten uh i started the week playing my game uh which was released into not early access but we released a tiny tiny demo of it you can find a link to that on the one life left discord it's called beneath the six and then you can join our discord and get a code for it and it's 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 early and it's broken it's full of bugs some parts of it don't work at all um but it's hit that point in game development where it's not I wouldn't describe it as good, but you can see bits of it that are good. And that's been a really important milestone for me that now I've it's going to be good at some point. So that's been really good. And I'm thinking about it when I'm not playing it. I sort of want to go back to it. Um, so that feels really good. However, I have been playing other people's games as well. Um, as I promised, I played Cocoon. Do you know Cocoon? I did do. Mm. Oh, yeah, I played it. I played so Cocoon is the game from the designer of Limbo, a game I didn't like, um, and Inside, a game I also didn't like. Well, Simon, imagine my surprise when this absolutely beautiful, you know, at least superficially smart game uh, also left me completely cold and bored. Like, yeah. I pottered around inside it going this is a game by by you know that involves puzzles a thing i like and low poly aesthetics a thing i like and carefully plotted design a thing i like and uh, that i just don't like um and i think there are a lot uh, you know a few different reasons i think one the setting you are this uh, little bug like guy with wings wandering around this universe I don't really, unlike Inside and Limbo, where it's very clear what you should care for and what you should be scared about here, it's all quite abstract. And basically, you're just clicking on bits of the scenery until something interacts, and then you find an orb and you put that in places and eventually you solve the puzzles. And none of it makes me feel a single thing except for maybe gently, oh, that was slightly pretty. Secondly, those puzzles, and this is billed as a puzzle game, are the same sort of puzzles we've seen in these things for literally decades. Oh, there's some symbols Ooh, now there's some symbols on the floor. I know I'll hit those symbols in the order they are on the floor. Da-da-ding, something opened up. Now I see the same symbols, but I can't see the ones on the floor. Oh, they're written in the clouds. Da-da-ding. Oh, here's what amounts to a laser puzzle. Haven't seen that since the BBC Micro or whatever. It's not a puzzle game. A puzzle game to me is something like uh, Baba Is You or that one that I can never remember the name of where you're wrapping strings around stuff in a sci-fi setting um, that takes a single mechanic and really drills into it and tests you. Or like The Witness where it uses the same thing over and over again and then changes it slightly and changes it. Here you just get these slightly diverting escape room things that click on a few different things and it never really challenges you. You just proceed through a universe that is pretty, yes, but ultimately leaves me tired and bored. And in the end, I just thought, why am I playing this? And stopped. Seven out of ten. And then... I, oh, sorry, go yeah. on. No, I was going to say, I, I could not agree with you more. I, I, I would be really interested to know if we stopped at the same point. Uh, I beat a boss. Yes. And then found, you know, another orb when you're going into other orbs and doing it. And yeah. I, thought, I yeah. get it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. 
exactly the same. Yeah. I, I wonder if for me that was because I was playing it on Game Pass and I, I, hadn't, I hadn't actually invested in it. I'd, mm. I'd spent an, an hour or so on it, but I was exactly the same as you. I was like, yeah, uh, what? <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, what? People like it. What? It's got 1,200 overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly positive. positive. Yeah. yeah, so good. Um, but it's not for me or you, apparently. And also, Simon, I played Bang On Ball's Chronicles, <laughs> the worst name for a game in existence, and the more I think about it. And I played it, and I hated it from the start. I hate the atmosphere. I hate the jokes. I saw a ball weeing. I hate it. I hate the setup. I hate these stupid balls with uh, flags on that are a product of... 4chan meme culture i hate it hate it hate it and yet the game itself is so fluid and playful and fun that i found myself more absorbed in that than this beautiful precious cocoon that is designed for someone like me but then something interesting happened simon i was playing it and hating it but also enjoying the mechanic really very very playful thing and then i started to feel ill and then nauseous and then I got to like the Viking boss and I lost to it and I hate bosses. So I was like, I'm never going to play it again. Stopped playing and felt properly, properly sick. Seven out of 10. Ooh. A game's never done that to me. Like a, a game's never, maybe it's the frame rate, maybe something else. But anyway, packed show today uh, and super fun. Thank you for that, Simon. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, listeners. Thank you for the letters. Yeah, thank you for that. So keep that up. We've all done well today. Uh, and let's hope we... Hope we continue that next week. Uh, We'll be back then. Thank you to Resonance FM, as always, as well. But until next week, goodbye. 